Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to DraftKings Network. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I f***ing love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss next. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh, down goes Duffy. Oh, cold. Frank Mir does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. I believe There are a couple of absolutely self-involved bull****** artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. That's Oh, is it good to be back with you all and good to be back in the United States of America. It is Sunday. No, it's not fucking Sunday. It's Monday, September 11th, 2023. If that's a sign of how this is going to go, caution flammable. Episode 436 of the Anakin Florian Podcast presented by DraftKings. Thanks for checking us out if you're finding us on the DraftKings Network, on the DraftKings YouTube channel. Appreciate all that as well. And, of course, if you're listening, power to you. The day oneers out there, we know who you are. So I just said it was Sunday. It is not as Monday. I feel like I'm living this day a couple of times, Kenny. But it is great to see your shining face. And uh, always good to be able to hit that, that wheels down, stripes emojis on the back end of a long trip. Yes, sir. Well, you, you kind of have a good excuse. You went, what, East Coast to Australia. Now you're in the West Coast of the United States. I mean, you, you're all over the place, kid. That's crazy. Bro, I felt blacked out delivering that pay-per-view open. I don't even know what I said. And I don't even say it necessarily to be funny, right? Like, jet lag is a real thing. You heard even Israel Adesanya reference it leading up right. to the fight. It really is a real thing, especially going east coast of the U.S. to Australia. So you just feel cloudy all week. I mismanaged the sleep cycle. I was fighting it every step of the way. Uh, but, man, those people are just so great and so intense about their mixed martial arts. I love the Aussies. And... 
gosh, like it always just feels so good to hear people come up and talk about the podcast, Kenny. You know, and it's amazing that people are now calling you K-Flow because that was never a thing. <laughs> exactly. How did I turn it to K-Flow? <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. And, and that's what's so fun. When I do get a chance to travel around, uh, hearing people say that and give us that love is great. A uh, lot, lot of John Anik fans out there. Well, a lot of John Anik fans. Nah. Well, easiest way to get a photograph or a handshake from me is just say Anakin, Anakin Florian Podcast, K-Flow. <laughs> so it's good to be with you, uh, and we have a ton to get to as we recap UFC 293 and this monumental championship upset for Sean Strickland. His head coach, Eric Nixick, is scheduled to join us in about 10 minutes. He is back in Las Vegas. That's where I am. I am at the Virgin Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was upgraded to a suite by our guy ronnie pugno paradise cantina so we're living life here to whatever extent even though uh our eyes are essentially shut here at the outset of this program but we got <laughs> noche ufc coming up this weekend and rather than fly home and get home monday night and then have to churn it back out here wednesday it just felt like the right move but we're very excited to be with you folks and uh i'm very excited to hear what kenny florian has to say about all that that transpired in sydney so let us begin there kenny sean strickland by unanimous decision over Israel Adesanya, 49-46 times three. Outstanding job by the judges. Outstanding job defensively and otherwise by the new champion. And uh, just feel really good for the American fighter coming home to uh, to his new life, so to speak. No question about that, man. You know, um, I think it really stresses the fact that you can do as much analysis as you want. You can look at previous results. You can look at styles and do all these things, all these calculations, and you think you know what's going on in this sport, but you really don't. I mean, it's, it's so crazy. And the fact that, listen, one fighter at the highest level, one could have a great night and one could have a not-so-hot night and lose that fight. And I think that's kind of what happened here. But more than anything else, I think it was Sean Strickland going out there with a tremendous game plan and executing it exactly the way that they envisioned it. I mean, it was just picture perfect. First of all, Let's talk about the physical characteristics heading into that fight. Izzy pretty much had them all. He was the faster man. He was the rangier fighter. And that is a lot for a fighter to deal with, especially when you get a striker on the level of an Israel Adesanya. Okay. And for Strickland, um, I thought he fought perfectly in that he took away those strengths of Adesanya. In, he backed him up. He, he made the octagon as small as possible, and he was blocking all of those shots, really for the most part, or at least shutting down a lot of the offense of Adesanya because of his defense. His defense won this fight. When you're blocking with the top of your head, your elbows, your shins, your knees, the, this is really frustrating. When you have four-ounce gloves and you don't have shin pads on your legs, yeah. it hurts. Yeah. Every strike you throw hurts and Strickland was shutting a lot of those things down now when you back first of all the way that he was shelled up he was taking away a lot of the punching strikes of Strickland you're like okay well Adesanya is one of the best kickers in the world why doesn't he kick well he was shutting that down as well he was lifting that lead leg almost like he was faking a teep so it was the feint and the lifting of the leg that acted like a shield to the kicks of Adesanya, which shut it down. And then he allowed Adesanya to go first, and then he would respond. And that's when he dropped Adesanya at the end of round one. And from there, 
it seemed like Adesanya shifted from going out there to try to beat Strickland to trying to hold on and preserve that belt, and that's never a good place. Yeah. So we're running on, but those are my immediate thoughts. No, I appreciate it, and we're going to talk to a guy who was in the thick of it all coming up in 60 seconds. But uh, you may have heard football is back in swing. Another week of incredible games coming up, and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. And it isn't just all about new customers, folks. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action. You know I'll be in there with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code AFPOD to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code AFPOD. The crown is yours. I like the new tagline, Kenfo. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction but in ontario cdkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire air seven after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply all right so one man i know is happy that football is back in season if you guys could only see the eric nixick football highlight reel and he's got his boy in tow with the championship belt fellas <laughs> what's up fellas how are you doing? <laughs> Knox Nixick. I mean, this is an outstanding surprise to have you off the top of the show. I guess you're getting used to daddy sort of bringing championship belts home. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? It's just good to have dad home finally, huh? He's been he's been severely outnumbered by all the girls in the house, huh? <laughs> I bet. Right, right over there. It's funny. I want to. I, I. I was. I didn't have much time today. I'm back in Vegas, and it's great to see you. I know you are too. I need to see some of your football highlights. People have no idea the extent to which you came from a football family, excelled in that sport, and uh, yeah. maybe if you were six four, you'd be in the NFL. Yeah, we we got to find a VHS or like DVD converter because <laughs> <laughs> I'm old now, bro. <laughs> well, we appreciate your time. Do you have like quarter of an hour or so for us, my man? I got you, brother. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations, man. And I don't even know where to begin, but uh, a lot of credit is coming your way and rightfully so. And Kenny had sort of that, you know, it went up, it went down the way you guys drew it up. And maybe there's some truth in there, but I do believe you and Sean both were expectant that uh, you would have had to put yourself in the face of more damage to realize a world title. Just an incredible performance. And I don't have to tell you that defense wins so many other pro sports championships. And that seems to be a tagline that a lot of people are attributing to your guys win. Yeah, you know. It's, it's just different. I think when you're in there with Sean and anybody that spars him and anybody that's been in a fight with him will tell you, he sets just a different type of pace. And um, that's where I felt like the styles made the matchup. And Izzy's a rhythm fighter. He's a beautiful striker. He, he likes harmony. But a lot of his harmony and his rhythm is built off of his feints. So it was very important for us to disrupt and be the antithesis striker that Izzy would like to have in there. And how do you do that? It's the, the berserker Sean Strickland that we have, you know, I, I, I think I, I remember, I think it was an article I did with Spence, with Spencer Ikaik. E- e- and I talked about Izzy being the conductor to an orchestra, right. And he's so good at putting all the instruments where they belong. And in that theory, I thought to myself, well, how do we take the conductor stick out of his hand? 
and just just disrupt his rhythm and keep him offset. And um, yeah, sprinkling in some wrestling and things like that were, were to help just change the race a little bit. It wasn't that we, we wanted to take him down and hold him down in half guard and try to ground and pound the guy out, but it was just to give him another pitch, just an off-speed pitch and make him worry about something else to, to go back to the corner with like, oh, okay, this guy's shooting single legs from this position or whatever else. But, you know, when, when, you're, when you're ripping off 10 to 12 yards on a trap play, we're just going to keep running the play. Eric, you know, it's a brilliant game plan, and it's one thing to come up with a brilliant game plan. Game plan still difficult, uh, especially against someone like Adesanya, but it's another thing to execute. And in order yeah. to execute a fight of this magnitude against this quality of fighter, you need discipline. And and I think that's where kind of a lot of people think, well, this is Sean Strickland. I mean, yeah. you, know, you could point to the Pereira fight where maybe he was lunging out of position a little bit too much. And yeah. But, man, he was so patient as well in this. He never threw himself out of position. In fact, it was Adesanya that really threw himself out of position. Strickland really um, you know, capitalized on that at the end of round one. How were you able to do that? And, and how much of a role did you play in that? And how much – did Strickland kind of reel it in based on maybe that, that fight against Pereira? You know, it's, it's, the credit goes to Sean. This is a lot of trial and error, man. I mean, we can be able to go back and look at some of the adjustments or things that we messed up on, but Danny Davis and I spent so much damn time with this guy with just with his back on the quarter panel on the back slap panel. So Danny's about six, four and he, he became our Izzy. So we put Danny on that back barrier and there's a lot of things that come into play with this, right? Like you have to get Izzy there. But reluctantly, a lot of times, Izzy will back himself up and drop step his way back to that cage. So for us, it was all about gobbling up space, but doing it in a way to where once we gave that, got that space taken away, we didn't want to give it back, right? Because if we gave it back, then we're at that kick range again. So a lot of the reps that we used was with Michelle Perea, was with Danny Davis, Roman Delize, Sadabusi. Um, and we have this another kid, Anwar. We, we call him Tarzan. So thankfully, we had such good bodies. Um, but this is something I think after the Perea fight that was in the making for us. So the reps were already being there. We just so happened to have a guy that we knew that we could put in that quarter panel. So it all kind of worked out for us in the end of the day, but it's also the horse in the race, right? Like we had yeah. a guy that this, you know, just does this by instinct alone. So stylistically, Kenny, to answer your question, man, it's like you already had the, 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 the type of horse that can do it. It was just kind of just putting him right, make sure he was in the right direction. Extreme Couture's Eric Nixick with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. And yes, this is the type of win that oftentimes locks up coach of the year type awards, but obviously you're putting it on the athlete and you're acknowledging Danny Davis. There's also an elder statesman in this Sean Strickland training camp, right? A guy who's been with him forever. Can you give him a little shine? Love him, man. Like Alex Zarate, you know, and that, that that's the guy, dude. Like he's been with this guy and we always joke with him. Like, bro, you've been in the foxhole with this dude forever. Like God, bless you. <laughs> God bless you. But no, he, he's an absolute stud man. And, and uh, you know, he, he's just, he's an important part of, I think Sean's history alone. You know, I, we made sure it was important for him to go up on stage with him when, when they did the, you know, the, the weigh-in stuff and just, bro, I wanted, I wanted him there for every little piece of that, more the memory side of things like you need to be next to him because you've been doing this with him since day one, man. So he's such an asset for Sean and, and uh, Zerati killed it for us this weekend. He's amazing. So sometimes as commentators, we might lean into a pre-fight emotion. And you might have heard Dana White say that Israel Adesanya looked particularly dry coming out. Perhaps that could speak to a warm-up maybe 
going one way or the other. I mean, everybody has their own intention with a warm-up, but Sean did look a little tight to some. How confident were you in his ability to execute a near-flawless performance like this? Might have to do it twice, but how confident were you, given everything you saw during training camp and during this fight week, that he could go out and pitch a near-shutout? Because my fucking God, bro. <laughs> man, honestly, Jay, like, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you, man. Like, it was the most calm I've ever been, especially for the magnitude of fight that we had. Like, the, the underdog role and you got nothing to lose. Like, it, man, it was so calming. It was like, Hey, we're supposed to get knocked out. So let's go in there and just do our damn thing, man. Let's go have fun. And after Manel won, I sprinted back in the back. Thank God I missed all the, you know, post fight. Uh, right. <laughs> I get in the back and, um, like Kenny, you know, this, like you feel that room, right? Like you feel the work at the warm up room and it felt ominous. No music was on uh, the, you know, Sean was kind of just, just, just pacing around, but his head was down and I, I, you know, I felt it, bro. And I was like, thousand one, thousand two. And I was like, Hey, Hey motherfucker, we can win this fight. And I was looking at me right now and tell me that we can win this fight. And he goes, we can win this fight. And I go, now tell me you're going to go win this fight. He goes, I'm going to go win this fight. I go, Sean, only people that need to believe in you are the people right here in this room. And we fucking believe in you, man. Nothing else matters right now. Let's go out there and have some fun and go shock the world. And he's like, to the death, coach. And I said, to the death, let's go. And that, I mean, that's what, that's what we're there for, man. And I think, you know, over the years, he's learned to trust us. He's just learned to, to lean on people that are around him because, dude, honestly, we love him. We care for the guy. And, and Eric, sorry, John, I was going to ask, you know, there's Sean, the personality. How well does he respond to coaching and advice and, you know, it's just it's interesting to see a guy like Sean, who seems like he's completely out of control, just says whatever the heck he wants. But how is he as a student, a, a, as a fighter? It's a it's a it's a marathon, you know, and it, I think for me, it's just it's over time, just trying to plant seeds and give them responsibilities. And and, and what we're laughing on embedded. I always say ABC, always be coaching. And I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to make a better fighter. I'm not trying to make a world champion. I'm trying to make a better human being. And it's going to take time and understanding this man's history and knowing what he's been through in his entire life. You know, I, I just got off the phone with Jimmy Smith and, and Jimmy was just talking about, Hey, what happens when this guy's career's over? What is he going to have? And I go, that's my real work, man. Like the Dan Ege's of the world. I, I don't, you know, I love him. He's my boy. And, but I want to make this dude a better father and a better, a better husband. You know, that's the real goals is, is making better human beings. And, you know, Sean has an interesting story, Kenny, like, some people can empathize and relate and understand what it's like growing up in a household that he had. But I started to understand that if I can give this guy more responsibilities, make him, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Self-accusation, having something that you feel a part of this lone wolf, this guy, this outlier, let's give him something to feel proud of and, and feel a part of, you know, and that was the team. So once he knew that we loved him and we cared for him and we weren't going to abandon him, and, and, you know, he has our heart. And everybody in that room, man, would go to fucking war with him any day of the week, bro. I love the guy to death. I don't agree with some of the shit he says on the mic. You know, hopefully we can get better at, at, at those kind of things as, as life goes on. But, man, if you want a guy to go to war with, bro, you want that dude right to your hip. Eric Nixick with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast, and I'm assuredly going to have you on with more advanced notice in the future. So we can talk about Extreme Couture and – 
I don't know if resuscitation is the right word, but just everything you've done, I'd be curious to just talk to you a little bit deeper about Randy and just the evolution of the gym in current form and all of that. I don't even know if we'll get to Manel Cop today, but the end of round <laughs> one with Sean Strickland, right? So I'm seeing stars, not figuratively, right? Literally, because I didn't use my diaphragm. And properly, I was about to call a Sean Strickland first round knockout of Israel Adesanya. What are your emotions like, if you can recall, when you're going back to the corner after round one? Um, I think Lappy was saying it. Somebody told me after, he said, you didn't even move. Like, when he knocked him down, I just stayed like this on the apron the whole time because <laughs> I didn't want to have that crazy spike. And I just, you know, I had a feeling we were going to be in a knockdown drag out fight. So I just wanted to save it. Um, at one point, I actually looked over at you guys in the moment. Like I actually looked over at Megan and saw Megan's face just losing her shit. And I was giggling. Like, I don't know, bro. I just, I really did feel like an outer body experience for me sometimes. Um, But in that, in that moment, man, I was just like, you know what? I kind of want to just take all this in because if he wins, he wins. There's nothing else to really coach right now. He's going ham in in a short time. So I'm going to kind of have fun watching all you guys. So thank goodness the judges did their part here, right? And I had some back and forth with the truck after round three, and there were some rumblings that maybe somebody in the truck thought that Izzy had won round three. And my gosh, if Laura Sanko and I haven't leaned so heavily into the word damage to know that Sean Strickland won that third round and landed the more consequential shots. I mean, of all the wins on this night, 49-46 across the board in the main event, felt like just a miracle that they all got it right. Um, But in terms of... Spinning this thing forward, the potential to have to beat Izzy twice. Uh, you know, what were your thoughts on Eugene Behrman? Maybe some. I mean, obviously, he was giving you guys a lot of credit. But what were your thoughts on uh, on 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 Izzy and Eugene and uh, and their performance slash approach uh, in these twenty five minutes? Uh, it's it's such a hard thing to say because you're not there. You don't know all the factors. But man, the dude's all class. I mean the guy just won coach of the year last year. And and I saw a tweet and it wasn't somebody ragging on him. I just, bro, it's the, the fight game is so up and down. It's like, it's like a, it's like a kicker in the NFL, man. They only remember your last kick, right? Did you make it or did you make it? Yeah. And dude, this dude has built a, a freaking empire out on an Island in New Zealand, right? Yeah. With limited resources, with limited access and look at what he's built. And, and you're going to, and people are going to criticize for, you know, maybe a bad showing. You got six dudes on the card. You're sprinting back and forth. You're trying to delegate responsibilities. Your main guy is the, is the main event, your heart and soul, you know? And if anybody's ever even cornered one fight, Kenny, tell them, what does your emotions do, man? How do you feel after that one fight, bro? Right. And then you got right. to get back and go do it again. Man, I had three in a row one night. I had Puna, Dan Ige, and Sean Strickland all in a row. When we get done, I, bro, I want to go to bed. Like right, I'm, I'm, right. I'm exhausted. So, you know, I'll tell you this, man, like this dude's all class and he always has been. So just because you lose a, a, a fight doesn't, doesn't change who and what he's built in the last 10 years. So cut the guy a little bit of slack because had we lost, I could have been that same guy on that, on that yeah. talking, point, you know? So man, we got to stick together as coaches, man. No one, no one really understands what we go through. No yeah. one understands what we go through. And Sometimes you don't get that love back. You don't even get that love back sometimes for your own goddamn fighters, or your own gym yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Right? I got, I got a kid I haven't seen. I have a family I haven't seen. Yeah. Right. And we go to, we go to fight and we go on the road for however long to be a part of what they do. And you hear some, a fan or somebody on Twitter criticize 
They don't understand. I understand. Yeah. I'll never criticize yeah. another coach for that job that they do. Yeah, no, I'm glad that uh, you had the platform to get that out there today. And I believe Eugene Behrman had those nice things to say on Submission Radio. So I want to credit my good friends there. In the nature of letting you get back to your family, I will get you out of here on this. I know there's a big fight every weekend for you, but among the big highlights coming up, certainly Dan Ige uh, in a couple weeks here. And then Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury is cannonball coming as well. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, if, if Izzy wasn't tough enough, let's throw Tyson Fury in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, best to Knox and Annie and everybody else, my man. I know uh, your time is valuable and we appreciate a few minutes of it. And uh, we'll talk to you hopefully later this month, brother. Hey, honored to be on. You guys know I'm a regular watcher of this show, man. I love I love all your guys' input. So it's nice to finally be on, man. I appreciate you guys. That is You're nuts. Man, I can't Thank believe you. that we've never had him on the show. What a fucking embarrassment. I had to throw that, I had to throw that in there, bro. I had, I had no idea. I had no idea. That's insane. All right. Get him back. Get him back we'll soon. Get your guest booker for a spot later this month. Thank you, my man. All right. Hey, let's hook up this week, bro. I'll grab dinner and do something. Thank you, buddy. Yes, sir. All right, man. I'll talk to you guys. Extreme Couture's Eric Nixick with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast. I can't believe he's never been on the show. I mean, he's one of my best friends in the business. You know, he's super linked in with my brother and remember the show. And uh, I wanted to be respectful of his time, but I was going to read him one tweet from Bilal Muhammad because Nixick and Bilal are very close. Yep. I hope Sean's still the champ when I get the welterweight title. It'll be the easiest, easiest path to double champ status. So Muhammad firing bullets there at Sean Strickland. I, I didn't get Nixick res- response on that. Uh, Interesting. Unfortunately. All right. So 11 straight championship training camps for Israel Adesanya. And rest assured, we haven't stopped praising Sean Strickland. But there is an Izzy side of this. He still hasn't really addressed the crowd. He briefly spoke at the post-fight press conference and then deferred to Eugene Behrman. And uh, I'm certainly not going to sit here and blast him out because of that. Uh but I did suggest on the broadcast, Kenny, that it's asking a lot of yourself. Amanda Nunes and Valentina Shevchenko eventually met their match. And you can suggest that it wasn't because they had, you know, 15 consecutive championship training camps. But every pay-per-view, I lead the broadcast essentially by saying promotional workhorse. Adesanya's carried the torch for the promotion for the last five years. And sometimes I just wonder after the nature of his win against Alex Pedeta in Miami. I know these guys used to kickbox all the time, but like. I don't know, man. Easier said than done stacking championship training camps. Is there anything there? Not easy at all, man. Uh, I I said this several years ago on the podcast, how difficult it is to be a champion that has defended time and time again. Why? Because every fighter out there is gathering intel every time you compete. You're looking at certain performances. You're going, this worked, this didn't, this worked, this this didn't. And over time, you're accumulating that much more intel. And I think that the Pereira fight, while it was an amazing achievement that I I actually noted and said, this is a great thing for Adesanya. He's going to be coming in here very confident. Perhaps he was overconfident. Now, I think he set a pretty decent blueprint. You have to pressure Adesanya. You have to watch out for those counters. You have to be defensively sound. Strickland happened to have that unorthodox style that is high pressure in your face. And he was able to expose a lot of those things, some of those vulnerabilities we've seen in Adesanya's game. Now, when you're talking about defending time and time again, it is mentally, physically, spiritually draining to defend that belt. Um, and, you know, not only the weight cuts, but all the media you have to do leading up to it and 
you know, it, it, it's all about Adesanya, right? I mean, the, the, the back, it, all the weight was on the back of Adesanya in this fight, right? I mean, it was... The it, Style it was Bender not, documentary, documentary releases in 17 days. Uh, right. It's been a, an onslaught of media and responsibility for the guy. He, he was the biggest name on this card, right? So it really was all on Izzy, and that that's a lot to deal with, man. These guys are human. You you look at these fighters and you think they're superhuman. They can do it all. They're not immune to this or that. No, no, no. They are very much immune to that. And it is tiring after after a period of time. And when Izzy came out, he looked way skinnier than normal as well. I don't know if it's a weight cut or some kind of issue that happened. But to me, he definitely looked uh, a lot thinner than he had in, in previous fights. How much you can play into that, I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a nothing burger. But to me, yeah. I was kind of scratching my head a little bit and saying, he looks different. Well, and I do think in terms of the preparation, this gives the mastermind Eugene Behrman a lot to work with to try to figure out how to beat a guy like Sean Strickland. Yeah. But that also infers that Sean Strickland's going to be able to execute this way again, right? He was masterful. And yes, he has so many rounds, right? Loves to spar. And this is a win for sparring, by the way, right? For Dominic Cruz and all those people out there, this is a fucking win for sparring, to be yeah. sure, right? Because Sean Strickland is very comfortable there. There's so many directions in which we could go, Kenny. But you heard Sean Strickland acknowledge the Aussie fans. He didn't expect to have that type of support over there. And if you don't think that lifted him up, you're crazy, right? That's a yeah. real fucking thing, you know, to go into your opponent's backyard, which it is not, by the way, but close to Adesanya's home in that part of the world and to have the crowd essentially unheard of, right? But Adesanya went into Melbourne and knocked out Robert Whitaker in 2019, their favorite son. So that that nation is a little bit split on Izzy at times. Yeah, and John, do, it, does it have anything to do with like the New Zealand connection as opposed to the Australian connection? Like it, any any intel or info on, on why that is? Well, certainly part of it is that and the yep. Whitaker component of that. Gotcha. Part of it is that Sean Strickland is more of an everyman, you know, and I think for right. some people, maybe they don't like Adesanya's French manicure on fight night, right? There's things about him that maybe are a little quirky that they don't like. Right. Uh, and he certainly puts himself out there. You know, uh, yeah. there are plenty of people who didn't like his use of the N word in, in Drake is Duplessis face. And, you know, there are a lot of layers to it. Right. When I defend Adesanya, you know, people go crazy. But my goodness. Right. Let me just say not a single fighter on his profile did every single fighter meeting for 15, 16. I mean, it's unbelievable. And he's on time every single time, either on the phone or in person. And. Not all the champions are doing that. The only one I can think of, of course, is Alexander Volkanovsky. But I just I just think Izzy deserves a lot of credit for just how much he has put on himself. But uh, even in the fight against Alex against Pereira, I can't even talk today in Miami. Right. Like Pereira was a little bit reckless. Right. Yeah. In that final moment, really fucking reckless in that right. final moment. You know, there's so much right in terms of Adesanya's body of work and how much of a setback this is in terms of his overall legacy. Right. As many thought as he began the second reign as middleweight champion, chasing down Anderson Silva, maybe as the greatest middleweight champion of all time. That conversation is closed, at least for now. And I don't know, man, that right hand in round one, I think, dictated a lot of what Adesanya didn't want to do over the final four rounds. Like, I'm not saying he was chasing a moral victory, but maybe I am. Yeah, I, and, and I think that uh, there was a lot of benefit to Strickland getting the chance to watch 
Israel Adesanya knock out Pereira in the manner that he did, right? Because it's it was kind of this secret weapon, this thing that he had in his back pocket that he was kind of waiting for. Strickland and the whole world saw it happen, and he goes, aha, got to watch out for that up against the cage if I'm going to pressure this man. So, I, you know, I, I think that ended up, again, that that's that information that I'm talking about where you yeah. can, you know, uh, gather it, Put it, put it in your back pocket now and be ready for it. And boy, was Strickland ready for it, man. It was just a huge shot that I thought he was going to finish that fight in round one, man. And it would have been that much more dramatic. But I think it says that much more, the fact that he won this fight, 49-46. I've never seen an underdog. Well, I, I don't want to say never, but it's rare that you ever see an underdog on the scale of Strickland and Adesanya control a fight like that as if that was what was supposed to happen. Like, it was just so matter of fact, you're like, this guy's winning rounds. When is Izzy going to get into this fight? He's winning this fight. Oh, my God. Adesanya. And he just never really allowed Izzy in that fight. It was like he took control and he's like, no, no, no. You don't have a chance. I was the guy who was supposed to win this fight. And, you know, Izzy, of course, didn't have the best fight. I think he's got a lot of things that he can adjust to. Um and, you know, go to and point to as far as vulnerabilities and mistakes that he made in that first fight. Uh, I'm, I'm just really curious to see if it's going to be an immediate rematch or if he's going to wait to see how it all plays out with the other guys in the division. Well, let us get right into that. Anik Florian pod poll question. Who would you like to see Sean Strickland first defend his title against? Now, I thought a lot about the framing of this question. Mm. Because if we had asked our listener and viewership, who they expect to get that opportunity. It's a very different question as to what the fan base wants. And part of the reason I didn't want to ask the question the way I asked it is because our fan base is like me. They believe in a meritocracy and Drake is Duplessis is the number one contender. He beat Robert Whitaker during a title fight. He wasn't healthy enough to fight Izzy nine weeks later. 46.3% of you. I love these people, right? I love you people. 46.3% of people believe Drake is Duplessis. Yes, the number one contender should fight Sean Strickland. 15.8% of you thought Izzy. 34.6% of you want to see the Hamzat Chimaev Paolo Costa winner get Sean Strickland. No argument for me there if Hamzat is the guy. Costa's fought for the belt. Certainly if he beats Chimaev, depending on the nature of that win, there could be an argument there. I did put Alex Pedeta there because I feel like he was forcibly moved up to 205, but he's going to probably fight Yuri Prohaska for the light heavyweight title. But I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Alex Pedeta at some point try to become a double champ and, and get that rematch with Sean Strickland, even though they have a line. Um, yeah. But what do you think, Ken Flo, as far as what? And let me just say this real quick, if I could. So yeah. Dana White talked of an immediate rematch at the post-fight press conference. And oftentimes for me, it's good to be aligned with the boss, right? Yeah, But in this situation, I'm not sure you really have a, a long-standing, long-reigning champion. This was his first title defense of his set reign. So this is not a Shevchenko Grasso situation. It's certainly not an Amanda Nunes, Juliana Pena situation. So just wanted to give you that footnote before I ask you what you think will be next and ultimately what direction would you like to see them go? Absolutely. It's a great point. It's an important distinction. Uh, and I guess it depends what angle... Uh, I'm coming from on this, you know, am I coming from a promoter's perspective? If I'm coming from a promoter's perspective, it's Israel Adesanya all day, right? I mean, he's a big star for the organization. So of course that's what Dana, that's what Dana is saying. Now, what is best for Israel Adesanya? What is best for the division? I don't know. I think for Izzy, 
maybe taking some time off and waiting to see how this division plays out. Maybe he waits for that Drickus Duplessis Sean Strickland fight, and then he steps in to fight the winner. Um, you know, right. and, but here's the thing: you have Chimaev and Costa going at it. You know, one of those guys may slip into the title picture as well. So. You know, I, I think definitely as a fighter, you kind of have to strike while the iron's hot. If you have that opportunity, you take it. Um, but for Adesanya now, who has gotten hurt in, in what two out of his last three fights, maybe even yeah. three out of his yeah. uh, last three fights, um, I think some time off would serve him well just because yeah. he has been extremely busy, man. I think so, too. I think just letting the division idle for a little bit. And I think if memory serves, even in 2018, after Daniel Cormier knocked out Stipe, Daniel defended against Derek Lewis and Stipe eventually his next fight was against D.C., right? Yeah. Yep. And I will say it's not as though Adesanya was inoffensive throughout this fight. I mean, Sean Strickland forced him to miss over 125, I think, shots to the head. And in that fifth round, you know, Adesanya had some moments. He did go for it, but Strickland won that round, too. Just an incredible, incredible result. And congratulations to Sean Strickland, the new undisputed UFC middleweight champion. I'm a broken record when I suggest that the best part of this job for me is watching somebody who is a non-champion break through and change their life forever and inch closer to financial freedom. Uh, Just a remarkable result in a sport uh, that kind of conditions us to these results, but yet just insane. Hey, and, and if you're an underdog, do, does every underdog now who's fighting for a title just request a fight in Australia? Is that is that the game plan for Yeah, Fair? right. <laughs> well, oh, and by the way, I've, I've changed the rules of the main event challenge based upon this result. Okay. Just wait till you hear. This is later in the week. No, I'll okay, just tell cool. you guys right now. Ready? What do you got? You can abstain from any fight you want. Okay. Okay. Because so- I'm definitely... I'm definitely going to have to incorporate some rule like that going forward in 2024 in part. And my brother and I, Jay, have talked about this a lot because the numbers don't reflect where you guys are at. Right. Like, depending on where your bankroll is, you I mean, you might have laid six hundred dollars to win a hundred on Israel out of Sonya. Right. But that's not really the way you would manage a bankroll. I'm going to make you make a prediction and we can compile an overall record. Gotcha. But we need a more true bankroll. And uh, yeah, this has me thinking all sorts of different ways. All right. Ray Longo coming up in about 60 seconds. But I want to tell you about a ticket buying experience I had recently. I'm trying to see the Patriots play the Dolphins down here. And one of these sites just made it way too difficult. I lost the tickets. I thought they were mine for my family of five. Process should not be such a hassle. And that's why I have switched over. Game time has arrived. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the game or the UFC live event or anything else. The Game Time app, exceedingly well laid out. Perhaps its best asset, though, is the ability to access and buy last-minute tickets on there. Can also get seat views, even event cancellation protection if somehow you can't go to a show or... In a situation like mine, you're trying to get reimbursed for the Dave Matthews Band concert and the money never comes your way. Also, if you find tickets in the same section and row at a given event for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code AFPOD for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account at Game Time and redeem code AFPOD for $20 off. 
Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed at Game Time. All right, let's get to uh, the star of the program and the Ray Longo Minute. It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt sip smell routine or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia, to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes Wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California. Oh, have I been looking forward to this? <laughs> oh, man. I'm dying to hear you. I'm dying to hear Kenny's take on this. I'll tell you. <laughs> this that what a crazy night that was. Kenny's on mute, so we'll take your take, Ray, and it's then we'll let him chime in. What do you got? What do you got? What What are we talking about? What What do you want? Oh, first? I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know yeah. where to begin. Sean What's... Strickland is the new undisputed UFC middleweight champion. I was going to start going through my Longo text messages on Fight Night, which we always appreciate. Ken Flo doesn't seem to text me anymore with any of his uh, his intel. <laughs> David it all for Randy Couture on the PFL broadcast. But Sean Strickland is the undisputed middleweight champion, and I thought he just executed masterfully. And uh, oftentimes us NFL fans and in other sports, we say defense wins championships. And in a lot of respects, defense won a world title. Raymond, your thoughts on the main event? Uh, well, defense and offense. I mean, his pressure was unbelievable. Yeah. But here's the, the crazy thing, right? What did, did Sean do anything different than he's done in his last five fights? Hey, that's what he does. You know what I mean? And the fact that Izzy had no answer to it was mind-boggling to me. Uh, so, But Sean did a, just a great job with what he does, man. He pressures you, keeps everything simple. And, I mean, the beauty in the simplicity of this fight is what I keyed in on. One, two, down the middle. He's willing to, he's willing to sit in the pocket. He's willing to take the responsibility of a fight where I just think Izzy wasn't. Once Izzy couldn't get off and he realized, you know, you know that it wasn't it was going to be a different fight. He was not willing to take the risk. You know what I mean? And like, again, it's not we're just analyzing this fight because I don't yeah, want the, the guy's obviously a great fighter. We don't want to go. But that that was one of the shittiest performances I've ever seen in my, my life. I mean, for a, at that level, I thought that was crazy. And that's due to Sean Strickland, just staying in the guy's face and um, doing what he does best. And I, I think it's that simple. I mean, I, I don't know. It wasn't, I don't agree with Dana that he looked slow or off night. He just did not want to take the risk to win that fight. And Sean Strickland was willing to do exactly what he said. I'll lose my eye. I'll do this. I'll do that. And that's, I think that's what you saw. Uh, it was nothing fancy. Uh, no takedowns, no takedown attempts. There was, it was just one, two Philly shell, great defense. And I think that's what a uh, short circuited is. I, I just, you know, at that level, I'm a little confused. I think the worst part to me, John, is I saw nothing in that fight. Like not one iota, 
that leads me to believe he could beat him the next time. That's the crazy part to me. Like there was, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I, you look, I, we've all seen it, right? You get to the top of the mountain, things just change. That's not the Izzy, I think. Although it did start to remind me of the Romero fight where he just wanted to, that's where I think Nixick did a great job. Will, uh, Izzy was willing to like win that fight based on the second round. Like that's what I saw, Kenny. A lot of posturing, a lot of a lot of nothing to try to make to trick the judges into thinking he was winning that fight, which just didn't happen. So it was it was almost kind of sad in a way. I don't know. I don't know what I was feeling, but just a great job to Sean Strickland, who does exactly what he does. And if you can't deal with it, that's going to be the result every freaking time. Period. Ray, you're on fire. Like, you need no. your own show, the Ray oh, Longo yeah, podcast. Right. Kenny, I would like to give you a chance to respond to to all yeah. of that. I, I think it's spot on. Uh, that was my take, you know, hearing Dana uh, boil it down to that one thing of, is he looks slow, therefore he lost because he looks slow. No, it's like Sean Strickland played a part in that. And if yes. you're fainting and you're backing up a dude and you're blocking with the top of your head and your shoulder and your elbow and your shin – that's a pain in the ass to deal with. And it just compounds this frustration. And for Izzy, who's used to kind of, you know, like Nick Sick so eloquently put it, being the conductor out there and he can't play the instruments the way he wants and the timing's all off and everything's just screwed up. It just seemed to compound and he just could not find a rhythm. And that's where if you're an unorthodox fighter and you move weird and you're not quite like moving like the guys that you're used to, like, Marab, he'll throw off so many guys that are better than him at striking. It doesn't matter because he's nonstop in your face and he's moving in a way that you're not used to. So it, it was such an asset um, and such a great film study for those that may not be, um, you know, the most technical guy or maybe not have all the athletic ability. Watching that fight against Sean Strickland is a great way uh, to, to look at fundamentals being played right. perfectly and winning that fight. It was yeah. just, it was awesome. It really was awesome. And I, let me just, and I know you didn't mean this, but uh, it really, he doesn't have a, a big toolbox, but he is yeah, technical. Right. What he does is very You're technical. right. You're right. Yeah. I, I, don't want, I just want to correct because I don't want to come. That's fair. Like that. I know yes. you didn't mean that. Yes. He's super technical on what he does. It's beautiful. Yeah. It actually was beautiful. I could watch that all day long. I'll be honest with you. And I love, the Philly shell. I love that whole yeah. concept. And, you know, now, you know what I like more than anything? Now everybody will spar every day. You know, Cerrone says he doesn't spar or Holloway, nobody spar. And now this guy, yeah. spar. dude, this is what happens. And now everybody's going to want to spar. <laughs> and it's the way that you spar too. Yes. You know what I mean? I think sparring can be done every single day as long as you're not trying to take each other's heads right. off. You know what I mean? You can't, you know, sparring yes. with little gloves, yes. having that control because it gives you such understanding of distance and yeah. range and weapons and adjusting. So I, I'm right there. Yeah. With, I, I sparred like that every, not quite like Strickland, but well, I that, yeah, that's day. not how, no. that's I not how Strickland and Chris Curtis spar. They fucking kill each other, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's no, 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 but every so, but, but he is a guy that can control the action when he's in the gym. And yeah, he, yeah. I, cause I've seen guys like that. I have guys in the uh, gym that could do the same thing. It's like, they'll do a hundred rounds cause they're playing around, you right. know, it's hard, but it's not, the sparring way you got people yelling at you and you're just in the cage exactly. by yourself. It's a different, different level, but he's so comfortable with what he's doing that he just 
executed perfectly. I mean, <clears throat> I'd really like to hear from Izzy because I have no clue as to what I was looking at. I mean, they definitely prepared for the guy. And again, he didn't do anything different. He didn't shoot for a takedown. He just did exactly what he's been doing. I mean, this is insane. That's the easiest fight this guy's had in the last 10 fights. It's nuts, man. It's nuts. Not yeah. a scratch. Uh, not a scratch. I mean, even he, look, he, the guy's off his rock. I don't even know if he's off his rock. I actually agree with no, the he's majority. In, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, he's 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 funny. That press conference was, oh, he's was, quick was priceless. But, but, you know, I mean, even he's saying that. I didn't think it would be that easy. I think he's an honest dude, man. I think yeah. guys like that, they're a little wacky. But I can tell you, I knew guys like that my whole life. Loyal. I bet you that's a loyal motherfucker, this guy. And uh, if he's your friend, he's your friend. Uh, and he just shoots from the hip. Sometimes it's a little wacky. It's not what we expect, but it's, it is what he's feeling. And I'd always rather have those guys where you know exactly what they're feeling because they tell you, you know what I mean? There's no sugarcoating anything or, you know, whatever. It's, it's almost refreshing sometimes, but, um, I think the UFC has a little bit of a problem. <laughs> uh, it's a solution actually, not a problem, but, uh, Sean Strickland says Israel Adesanya quote, didn't even try and felt or look like an amateur at times. I was just trying to chase down yeah. the exact quote, but I wanted to get your respective thoughts on that because it does dovetail with what Ray was suggesting in terms of maybe some moral victory component to it for Izzy, just trying to survive the final 20 minutes after getting cracked by that right hand in round one. Yeah. But Sean was very surprised at the way Izzy felt in there, Ray. Yeah, I, I don't think he's being insulting at all. I think that's He's telling you exactly what he felt. And what he's saying is exactly the way it looked. Like, the, the, I don't think Izzy did anything. Like, again, and I, then I saw him resort to try to posture his way out and, you know, just mimic some stuff, but nothing was landed. And he threw kicks, he threw punches. That's why I say, like, what adjustment does he make? Different kicks and different punches? This is a, this is a bad matchup for him. It really yeah. is a bad matchup. I mean, I don't think I would have said that going into the fight. I kind of was agreeing with what is he? What he looked at was just a guy with a one-two, and that's it. You know what I mean? Well, how do you handicap? Sorry, Kenny, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. no. Uh, uh, sorry, I was going to say, Ray. Do you think there's any chance that Izzy just underestimated him and maybe didn't put in a great camp, or he thought, you know, he was just going to take him out in round one, and after he got hurt in round one, it was like shit, I don't know what the hell is going on here. What what, what do you think was, was the issue? He just, did he not fight well? Was he overconfident? What's the deal? I Look, I think if you look at, I mean, I don't know this, but I'm, I'm assuming, like his last bunch of fights, the decisions, he's not really going after anybody, right? He's just doing enough to win. I, I don't know if that's, is that is that fair? I don't even, I don't really. I think it's a little bit critical, but no, okay. I mean. Right. I'm just saying like. Point, I mean, the Jared Cannonier fight, I was just right. having a conversation with my friend Ronnie about this earlier today. Right. He came out with the Undertaker's urn and then really was pretty inoffensive for 25 minutes. I mean, yes, he did enough. It was 50 to 45. Cannonier had yeah. no answers, but depending on what you're looking for, a lot of yeah. people and, felt shortchanged. Right. And that's what I'm saying. In this fight, he couldn't do that. He knew he couldn't do it, and I think he just short-circuited. And then he just went into, like, some sort of survival mode. But, again, these are things that he's got to answer. I'm sure he's upset as hell, too. You know what I mean? But I don't want it – like, again, one guy was willing to 
to risk his life and one guy wanted to play it safe. Yeah. Uh, that That's what it looked like to me. For whatever the reason is, I have no idea. Was he injured? Was it this? Was it that? They said he had a good camp. Yeah. Um, you know, he just it, it maybe it's just a really bad matchup. You know what I mean? Like it's not linear logic, but I don't know. Was the cat in the fight? Was that an exciting fight? No, no. You know what I'm saying? Like it almost reminded me of your old Romero only Strickland. He wasn't going to stand in the center. He was going to push him back. I mean, is he Kenny never made Strickland go back one foot, never made him fight off his back foot. He didn't want to take the, didn't want to take the, the guy's yelling at him. Plant your fucking flag and go. You know what I mean? Try something. He did. Yeah, I, that couldn't even motivate him. Yeah. Sorry. Cody just populated something into the chat. Now, if memory serves, I was defending Adesanya uh, in the summer of 2022 because, yeah, people were leaving the arena after the fourth round of that fight against Cannoneer because the outcome was essentially in the can. Yeah. yeah. So. It's interesting to hear your thoughts on a rematch and how potentially one sided uh, it could be, because I know you're a money mouth guy and there is going to be a plus number next to Sean Strickland's name on DraftKings Sportsbook. He's going to be the underdog in that rematch. I don't think he's going to be the underdog. How's that? All right. How much would you like to bet on that? Because I can guarantee you. I love you, right? <laughs> Stay in your lane. No, uh, no, no, you're yeah. right. 100%. Yeah. I am, right now, no, I'm in, I just, I'm in, I'm the, just I'm telling in the fourth you. lane of a three-lane highway. Trust me. I have no He's idea. Told. But this right, division. Plus, what's he going to be? Let's do that. What's he going to be? Plus one. What do you think he's going to be? I think Izzy will be like minus 190 and Strickland would be like plus 160. But I'm no odds maker. I'm just telling you that Adesanya will be favored for the rematch. And I know Ken Flo, how long he's been doing it, absolutely agrees with me on that. But this division, real quick, if we could. Yeah. Because I I do want to make the most of your time. So, Drakus Duplessis is the number one contender. He beat Robert Whitaker. He is a physical problem in so many different ways. Kamzat Shimaev and Paolo Costa are fighting in October. So, is he... As the long-reigning champion with the Alex Pereira stuff, of course you run that one back, right? But this was Izzy's first title defense. And Kenny and I have sort of wondered aloud if some time off wouldn't be the best thing for Adesanya right now. So what are your thoughts on this 185-pound division and its immediate future now that it is led by Sean Strickland? I'm going to be a little spiteful here. If Aljo doesn't get the rematch with O'Malley, this guy definitely doesn't get the rematch with (laughs) with Strickland. And I'll well, tell you, if they do that, it's just it, it's it's harsh. It's just not right. And I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I don't know. Did they put this fight up on YouTube right after the fight for Strickland? Did they do that, John? Anything? Uh, Zero. Like, it's 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 getting to the point where. <laughs> listen, I I'm just, appreciate I'm to keep you defending your tie. No, and you are keeping it real. Man. I mean, Let me ask you this, though. It's kind of if, sad to hear Dana say, yeah, I think he deserves a rematch. Aljo and Duplessis, he's in worse shape than Marab at this point. I don't think he's going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys should probably listen, uh, start up. I mean, look, I literally do it. like Dana, but when he got in that octagon, <laughs> he, can't, he can't control his emotions. The poor guy was. Miserable. <laughs> Miserable. So, poor, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, but in terms of Aljamain Sterling, and I spent yeah. some time, we had a couple of appearances together, and I don't know if you heard me joke on the pod, on the uh, broadcast. I was like, Aljamain Sterling even gets cheered over here. These people fucking yeah, yeah. love MMA, you know? But it was nice to see him get embraced yes. by a crowd, you know, walking out on stage and getting a huge pop, right? Because I, I do think there are a lot of um, – 
just immature Americans who even in yes. that set would have booed him and it really would have bothered me in that type of setting with a but, thousand Aussies in there and making Aljo feel good. Go ahead. But he definitely got a good pop, though, for sure. Everywhere he went, no doubt about Beautiful. it. Beautiful. One I love person it. who, like, you know, shook my hand and then went to shake Aljo's hand and didn't shake his hand and then shook Dan Hooker's hand. And then it makes me think, like, hey, maybe this should be the third street fight of my life right now, this motherfucker crossing Aljo in front of me. <laughs> but Aljamain uh, Sterling's next fight could very well be against Sean O'Malley, but we don't have a headliner right now in December and Aljamain is not going to fight on that date. Right? right. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Aljo be the next guy. The real issue is if in December Cheeto gets the shot and Marab doesn't, that's the bigger issue. Right? That's horrible. Horrible. I mean, I but don't know. Spent, what, what do you say? I mean, well, I we've spent so much time on the last two Ray Longo minutes talking about all of that stuff. So I don't, yeah, necessarily I don't think yeah, we don't, need yeah. to revisit it, but that's no, the bigger no. issue right now. But I do believe that yeah, yeah. Alto has established enough goodwill yeah. promotionally. And I think has done enough at the window with his fight against O'Malley that there is definitely a promotional appetite to put together a rematch between. Oh, guy without a doubt. Without and Sean a doubt. O'Malley. Yeah. Without a doubt. You know, and, and again, we don't have to beat that with a dead horse, but what the what's the sense of rankings if you got the number one guy doesn't get the shot and the number six guy does? Like, why do we even have rankings? It's silly. But, you know, listen, that's why I always ask, you know, like, what what's the best choice? How are you asking me? Is it because I come from the promoter's perspective, the fighter's perspective, you know, because there's so many things that are going on. But at the end of the day. A promoter's job is basically to find out who the most popular person is and how we make them champion. That's yeah. really what it is at the end of the day. Well, it's like we need to bring in as much money as possible. If we can get them into the top five, we can fudge the numbers any way we want. Right. I, I agree with that. But, I mean, he is, it is a public company now, so he is responsible to make big money fights, too. I mean, I think that's the other thing that enters into it. No, John, you well, sure. but no, I just, you know, I'm going to sound like a guy who works yeah. for the company. Right. But Dana but, yeah. has been rooted in a meritocracy. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. put words in the guy's mouth. But, you know, do you think that he would love the fact that Cejudo came back and cut the line? No. Like there was part of him that maybe didn't think that that was necessarily the right decision. So. Okay. I do think it's a balancing act. I think there's a lot of truth in what Kenny is saying, right? But Sean O'Malley still had to go out and beat Piotr Jan. You know what I mean? Sean Strickland still had to put his number four yes. ranking on the line against Alex Pineda, right? Yes. There wasn't a single guy when Alex Pineda was unranked that was going to do what Sean Strickland did for him last summer, right? Yes. And it fucking comes around and Sean Strickland's a goddamn champion, right? Now, 100%. You know? so, Listen, yeah, I mean, to Strickland, yeah, for sure. But don't you think like, it even internally, it's like, yeah, this is kind of a tricky thing because, like, Duplessis the number one contender and Marab's the number one contender. Yeah, those guys should fight for the belt, you know. But Dana didn't create the history between Cheeto and Sean. What's unfortunate for me is that guys like O'Malley could potentially determine who he fights, who he defends his belt against, whereas Leon Edwards would not be able to uh, control right. that. I mean, uh, look, I, let, let me let me sum it up like this. It's probably. Like in business, and again, I'm not saying anything, but you have to be consistent. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I went through this with you before. I, I run a gym. If one guy's paying 100 a month, the other guy's paying 50 a month, and they get, it's, it's just not good. It's yeah. not good for business. Now, 
this is what I love about the UFC. They branded themselves so good. I mean, that UFC is a powerful name. I, I love the organization, everything. Great. I mean, Kenny, you notice you with the PFOs, another great organization. But I have guys that know that things are could be rotten with the UFC, and they still want to be there. That's that's a strong drug, man. They don't want the PFL. They don't want Bellator. They want the UFC. Yeah. Period. So yeah, we like, do it yeah. right. We do yeah, it no, right. You know what I'm no. saying? So he he's got to be. You know, he deserves all the accolades you get for that because he did a great job in building that because it's such a powerful drug that unfortunately it's almost you know goes back to what's his Gus Mario fire. It could it could ruin you. It could burn your house or it could you know warm you up. Same thing with this. This power you could use it to really help people or you could use it to put them through the wood chip yeah. and just grind them up. I mean, but it also speaks you know, to the consistency that you talk about, right? The consistency. I think that's of, what we're looking for. Yeah. The UFC show as a draw is such an interesting conversation because Kenny, the opportunity to one time compete on a UFC card first prelim of the night with Dana White watching in the back, right? potential to just completely change your life unlike any mixed martial arts yeah. setting in the world just the opportunity yeah. Yeah. not unlike dana white's contender series i guess uh to compete under that watchful eye is just a, a very powerful thing in terms of consistency you know one thing that we pride ourselves on as broadcasters is trying to be consistent right despite all of the variables right whether it's jet lag or things that are not ideal when it comes to these broadcasts. And I would like to see more consistency when it comes to like the referees and championship settings, right? Longer leash and judges, I thought had a great night, but I would like to see more consistency. You know, I'm going to have a bad show every now and again. I'm just trying to be consistent. And I just hope that, uh, you know, every champion gets the longest possible leash they want when they're trying to defend themselves in a world title. That's a great great point. And I think yeah. we saw that. I think Goddard, yeah. who was the same ref with Aljo, right? Am I? Yep. Is that true? Yes. I think I, I don't know. Was there a discrepancy there? That fight could have been stopped. Strickler was all over him. Did 100%. that look like? Did that look like intelligent defense to you? With your face to the cage, just getting punched in the side of the head, or get look like the, he, was he was turned away. He was turned away from yeah, him. He had his back to him. You know? I yeah. Mean, was there, so what was intelligent about that? No, right? it's, it looked like inconsistent officiating. Right. From one right. title and fight, the, to the and other. the other thing was, oh me, oh I tell you, you go back to that fight. I mean, then you know, talk about consistency. I don't. I, oh, I every see, time I watch I, the O'Malley Sterling stoppage, yeah. it looks worse and earlier. Every time yeah, I watch yeah. it. Back. Well, now and even go back to you know uh, your buddy Dominic Cruz's fight with uh, Cejudo. That thing now looks oh. real. I mean, that was that was like if there was. Yeah, Keith Peterson has absolutely evolved and learned his lesson. Kenny, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I I was going to say that the the only difference, though, guys, and and I agree that it was it was a bit early. I would have liked to seen it run a little bit. I'd like to see that clock run a little bit more. But the difference is from the standing position, it's different than raining punches downward at a dude who has his back on the canvas. So you. You have a little bit of an advantage there, right? You're punching down. The guy's kind of not able. He was standing up, but. Yes, I agree. Both cases should have been more consistent. If you're going to give that guy a leash, let the other yeah. guy have a right. long That's leash, just- especially if you're talking about lighter weight classes where they're not hitting ho- as hard as a dude who's 185 pounds, right? So, oh, what well, uh, hey, hey, Listen, Strickland, Strickland oh, that's killer, killer instinct was beautiful. He was all over him. Yeah. I, I bet you there's 
minimum 20 unanswered punches in there, 20. Kenny. I, I didn't even, you know, I, I'd have to see it again, but, man, he was firing, man, firing. No, Kenny, I'm glad that you got that in there because that is an important distinction. It really is. Uh, but I also think at the end of the day, you're trying to lock eyes with this defending athlete, and Israel felt the need to give Mark a thumbs up because he was probably so fearful that he was going to stop the fight. You like, you don't right. yeah. need you don't want to be doing that. Right. I mean, uh, and I could tell you, right, right. John, let me interrupt you. I could tell you in the back room, they don't care about the thumbs up. They'll tell you that it means nothing. Yeah. That means absolutely nothing. Yeah, man. So my gosh. All right. Well, uh, Charlie Campbell, because of the, <laughs> I mean, we haven't even talked about your hip. I've been out of the country. Oh, yeah, yeah. How are we feeling? How are we feeling? Uh, How are we feeling? We, I guess we're getting there, man. It's just, again, man, when you're used to going 150 miles an hour, coming down to zero, it's 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 frustrating. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. They tell me I'm doing good. I'm ahead of the game. It's just not the game I thought I'd be ahead in. I thought I would. I thought it was going to be a little different. But maybe I thought I was Superman and I'm not. I don't know what the hell's going on. But I, I want I got to get out of my house. It's going well, I'm on. Sorry to, I'm sorry to hear that update, kind of. And I think no, I'm no, no, it's good. No, I'm, feeling, that... I'm feeling great. Look, I feel okay. mentally great. All right. All uh, right. But, you know, yeah. until I'm holding pads back in the gym traveling, I, I think I'm not. I'm just. I get it. I don't no, know. I get it. Yeah, that, well, that's it. It's more long like that. minute continues to bring you up. And now that I'm back in the yeah, States, so I'll be checking yeah, on you completely again. Yeah. I did fall off a little bit there. No, 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 no. I just need to get back to this and be consistent, have some connection with what the hell I was doing before. Because, again, like it, just even the last three weeks, it was Nashville, Vegas, yeah. drive up to Boston. It was nonstop. Then the next day I'm in the hospital, you know. So, yeah. Hey, but so I feel Charlie I feel good. Campbell. I do feel good. Yeah. Charlie Campbell getting a short notice call to the Ultimate Fighting Championship this weekend. Very That's exciting. I re- I, I, voiced, I voiced the fight in Sydney. You don't sound very excited. Yeah. Wait, wait. What'd you say? Your voice don't fight. Big deal. Your guy, Charlie Campbell's making his UFC debut on short notice this weekend. Is he not? God He's on damn. No, it's a big deal. Uh, and we got Dylan on the contender series. So they're going to corner each other, which I think is beautiful. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Which I, I love. And I talked to Dylan about it. And I th- thought it was a great idea. But it looks like a great fight for Charlie Campbell. I mean, the guy hasn't fought in six years, so I'm assuming Alex I'm, Reyes, I'm, right? I'm expecting Charlie to just run right through him. Charlie likes to fight, man. He's 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 gonna he's gonna fight. There's no question about it. No, I'm excited. I was very excited to get that news. I think we even voiced in the combo, you know, out of Longo Weidman MMA, Charlie Campbell making his UFC debut. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, unless you have anything further, I think we'll let you fly. I mean, it was a crazy weekend. Manel Cop making headlines uh, more than dude, once. Oh, that right? guy. I can't get enough of that guy. Is, it, ah. is that a that that is a cartoon character I could listen to? Maybe it's the his size and his voice. He's right out of I can't place what his voice is, but he had me crying. I mean, ah. yeah, even the press conference was oh. was beautiful. And you know, you know what's funny? So you had I'll give you a little trivia. You had Charlie Ratke and Manuel Cape uh, with the homophobic, homophobic slurs. But we right. have we have two wins over them. The Montalvo stopped Ratke in the second round. Right. And uh, when I went to Japan with Suzuki, he, he beat uh, Manuel Cape at Ryzen, which was a good fight. So 
Yeah. I don't know if that's weird. They were just both guys made comments. And, yeah. You know, and you so beat both those guys. There you go. Hey, yeah. can you work with me on the pronunciation? We're going Manel Cop. <laughs> Manel Cop. What did I call him? Manel Cop. You called him Manuel Cape. Can we go Manel Cop? Can you give me a Manel Cop? Manel Cop. Okay. Uh, we'll have guy, a- listen, I'm a big fan. The guy is, I, I think the guy is, he's funny, man. I thought he was on fire. And that, that was a great fight. That other kid was phenomenal, too. Yeah, he gave more he could handle. So that Cop, was uh, Cop goes was, hard. He went hard on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. you know, that's hard on Thursday. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> in every way, in every way. No Izzy suggested to me that uh, a younger Adesanya might have just jabbed Manel Cop right there in the mouth. <laughs> oh, he, I, I think that set this. I think that set the stage. What was about to happen? <laughs> There's so many good nicknames when your last name is Cop. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Manel, kindergarten cop. No. Oh. Manel, I'm yeah, not yeah. a cop. No. Sorry. Well, he, definitely, he, definitely, he definitely didn't cop out of that fight. That's what they did. There you, you go. go. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Boom. So uh, I will say this, Ray. Do you have five more minutes or no? Yes, let's do it. I mean, where are you going? You just checked your clock. I mean, what am You're, I doing? I'm, you, I can't you can run anywhere. anywhere. Listen, if you call me back in a half hour, I'm going to be in the same spot. That's what right. So... <laughs> Are you watching the NFL again? Is that what I hear? No. Now you know what I told Cody yesterday. I'm just sitting in front of the TV. I I, I still haven't, but I there was a thought okay. in my head that goes, man. I just <laughs> I I, I got to change it up. I need some. I'm losing my. We shit. almost got him. So yeah, almost, almost, but it didn't happen. So Kenny and Ray Manel Cop is on the brink of a world title shot. I think he's won yes. four fights in a row. He had a fight with Davis and Figueredo go away, and had he gotten that fight and won it. That could have laid the foundation for him to sort of not be so caught up in his number 10 ranking and actually get a title fight. So he gets this fight against Kai Kata France, number five guy in the world. And we have the fighter meeting with him and the talk is of title fight. And then he goes to the press conference and lays this unbelievable promotional foundation for a fight between him and Kai Kata France. So uh, it's going to be Manel Cop and Kai Kata France, but I am curious what you fellas thought about the uh, the win over Felipe Dos Santos because it was the fight of the night and uh, it's a hell of a war, Ken Flo. Dude, amazing fight. First of all, this kid Dos Santos, he's a problem. He's a problem. He's a young, confident kid who's got a bunch of offensive skills, who's tough as nails, who's exciting to watch, but Cop, was just at another level, just making a miss, landing shots that, that Dos Santos just wasn't seeing. It looked like the student and instructor relationship where he was just kind of clowning him at times. And it's not like Dos Santos isn't good. He is damn good. Cop just happens to be that much better. And he put on a performance that was unbelievable, called, called out the guy that he wanted, maximized his time on the mic, maybe a little bit too much. You got to settle down there. Yeah. But, uh, but he did a great job as far as like, you know, so many guys get the mic and they don't do a good job of calling out who they want. And cop just uh, did a great job of calling out guy, yeah, a little aggressive, but you know, he's going to get the fight. That's what you do. You want the fight? Well, yeah. you ask for that person, you call him out, you, you create a little drama, maybe yeah. a little bit. And and he nailed it, man. It's just a tremendous performance. Uh, cop the man, dude. Hey, Ray, we back? Are we back or what? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I'm fucking mute. Can't he's on hear mute. You. Yeah, he's, he's on, on mute oh, right now. Oh, man. There he is. I got greedy. I got greedy. Extending the Ray Longo. Uh, I tell you what. I, I fucked everything I up. 
What you did? hundred percent. I don't know, but a, a call came in, and I have my phone on silent. But did what, you get what a new phone yet? No, not yet. Well, that's the that's on the agenda. As soon as I you want can to get out of my house, I'm going. Definitely <laughs> not. Hundred percent. No. Uh, but anyway, so, so what was his name? Dos Anjos. Felipe. Dos Santos. Felipe yeah. Dos Santos. I think the good news for him is for a young kid, that's a growing fight that he's going to just get better and better from. Whereas, you know, Cop is already a good fighter, but I don't think Cop grew from that fight. I think Dos Santos 100% got, is just going to get way better from that fight. That was a war for that kid to come in and take that fight. And I bet you see a big difference in him even in the next couple of fights. Yeah. That, that's all I got. Yeah. Lipe Daytona. All right. I'll let you go on this because we do have to go in a few minutes here. So Laura Sanko makes her commentary debut. And one thing that I have said is that I feel like she is really good when it comes to the grappling analytics. And certainly Kenny Florian leads that class as far as I'm concerned. Joe Rogan, outstanding right there. Of course, Dominic Cruz, on and on it goes, right? But I feel like this is Sanko's greatest strength. And Kenny, I feel like this show, even though there were four submission wins, technically, if you include the... uh, what happened to uh no the jack jenkins thing's a tko but there were four submission wins on this night yet there were no takedowns all night right no takedowns attempted none landed no grappling at all and i just feel like in the future sanko will really shine even more because she'll get a chance to lean into what is really what she's all about but kenny i just don't know if you picked up on that or or thought about that at all how 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 precious little grappling and wrestling there was the whole night. There was not because of it. I mean, it started from the first fight to the last. It was violence. It was every fight. These guys were looking to destroy each other. So it was a great card. Didn't have the name power of some of the other pay-per-views, but they were phenomenal fights because of it. Those guys were really trying to make a point in those fights. So, yeah. Yeah, Ray, I just thought it was a great night overall. And uh, even though City Kickboxing lost some fights, Tyson Pedro and Carlos Olberg, when Tyson Pedro's committed like this, man, I think he could be a real problem. I was surprised he closed the underdog. Oh, wow. Against uh, the pleasure uh, man, Anton Tercali. I mean, man, I don't, that, that's a guy that looks like he just is on a different planet. I don't, he, I, I don't know what I'm feeling with him, Kenny, but like Keith. Things, it's almost like he walked into this thing thinking it's a joke. You know what I mean? And I, then, he, and then I he's getting hammered. The group. I, I texted yeah, the group. I texted some of the, the guys on the podcast. I go, he looks like a psychopath. Like he yeah, yeah. he looked like he was unbothered by the fact that yeah, he, was, yeah, but, he was just out there like, I don't know, just he's out there to fight. But uh, yeah. Pedro was ready. Man. By the way, Pedro yeah. may have executed the best fight celebration. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was so good. It yeah. was so good. I got yeah, chills back, watching it, man. Yeah, the pleasure, the pleasure man's got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, he does. I think, yeah. I think his arrogance was his worst enemy in that fight. I, I don't know what I'm feeling, but he went in there. I, I don't know. I don't know. He went in there. He's got to be a wild man in the gym. That guy. Something. Like something. I can't man. put my finger on it, but. Oof. Well, his next fight's not going to be in the UFC. I mean, he was 8-0, now he's 8-3, and three, and he just doesn't even look like he wants to be there. Uh, it was a very yeah. weird, weird... No, weird. Uh, There's something really strange with that. I mean, I got a kick <laughs> yeah. out of it, and like, you almost saw like when he gets hit, he doesn't... Like, he almost can't believe he's getting hit. Like, he's in a fight, and he's getting right. hit. Like You right. know what I mean? There's something... I don't know. Something, yeah. something way off. 
Yeah. Wiring's off. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, gosh, that Justin Taffa with that nickname, bad man, just gives you so much to work with when he knocks a guy out like that. Yeah, uh, but it is tough, right? And I think I said something to the effect of Austin Lane doesn't know what country he's in, right? And then oh, yeah, yeah, later, yeah. I find myself in the lobby with Austin Lane, right? And he well, said, hey, it's nice to, nice to meet you in Chicago. <laughs> 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 hey, John, so I'm glad I got to meet you in my hometown. Of- <laughs> he was crap. right. John was right. <laughs> yeah, what do you do, John? I, I see John being like, Nice to meet you, Mr. Yeah, Lane. Right, How you doing? Right. Dude's massive. Well, yeah. thankfully, you establish enough goodwill with these guys on the front end that in yeah. the moment they just understand that you're trying to make a call. But right. yeah, yeah, period. That's not that's not that's yeah. not bad what yeah. you did. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, know. I know, but just a little lens into our world. It's like, Austin Lane doesn't even know what country he's in. He's in Australia. <laughs> Hi, Austin. Hope you didn't rewatch the broadcast back up so <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, you need to you go gotta, that far with it. Right, you got to get those guys before they have a chance to watch the fight over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I have to do is stay at a different hotel, Zach Candido. That's what it I was a great to. call. Oh, was a great oh, call. Man. Hey, Ray, have a great day and a better evening. And maybe uh, maybe we'll talk to you later this week. Who knows? I'm going to be Definitely, man. But listen, I got nothing else to do. I'd love it. This makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I'm doing something at least. So All this right. was great. Well, it was great way, to me. Go ahead. We're going to send you that Paulo Costa secret juice and get that hip better. Okay. <laughs> I've had a sip of that juice. He, he let me hey, drink it one time. Yeah. See, there you go. We're going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, uh, we'll talk to you later this week. I'm going to call you tomorrow. All right. Awesome, guys. Thanks, man. Great show. See you, Ray. All Let's right, do see, it. Ray, take Paulo it easy. Every week here on the Anakin Florian podcast. I think he enjoyed that one. He actually complimented he killed it, it on the back end. All right, plenty more on UFC 293 later in the week when we reconvene. Thank you to Ray Longo and, of course, Eric Nixick for joining us. Congratulations to the undisputed UFC middleweight champion, Sean Strickland. Congrats to all the other big winners. How about Chepe Matascal, man? You come on the Anakin Florin podcast, you win fights. It's just the way it works. We do love Far Jack Jenkins, though. And, man, do they love that Aussie. Man, do they love him. If you're looking for somebody who that nation can really get behind, you know, Kai Kata France may have the higher ranking right now, but like far Jack Jenkins feels like a fucking massive superstar in that country. We'll see what he can do. Set back against our guy, Chepe Machine Gun Matascal. Coming up week, we will talk to UFC Hall of Famer Rich Franklin, and we will get you predictions for Noche UFC. Will Valentina Shevchenko get her belt back against Alexa Grasso? Questions give way to answers on Saturday. Thanks to everybody for supporting the show and to all the Aussies who uh, acknowledge this little podcast. We uh, appreciate every last one of you. And uh, thank you so much for your support. Our executive producer, Cody Merrill. Cody, special shout out to you for all the extra work this week. For Ken Flo and John Anik, we'll talk to you guys on Thursday, if not sooner. Until then, go fucking late. Every
time I start a verse, I break at least three commandments. Kinda like Pluto because I never plan it. I'm outlandish in the way that make the patches look like they own ranches. It's the art of war. Your blood's the only color on the canvas. And I don't mean it like a thug sense of how you can get God. Fuck being gangsta, I'm hip hop. You got it every time you walk in the label. The A and R's are nodded. Immune to your shit because I circle, circle, dot, dotted. Body heat is intoxicated. Got a beat, I don't gotta speak. Copacy start to think psychically. Make the speaker speak elitistly. Off the high horse, make an ass of the views. Your DJ must not know the alphabet for getting his cues. My favorite DJ got those in six extra L's to abuse. Esoteric John P and I'm the nuclear school. I'm Raider Ellis, nice to meet you. Show busting my styles. Egocentric, ego tripping with frequent fly smiles. DJ wants to get in the bird, he gets in the bird. And bird takes the shot, he's Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.